Hello everyone, my name is Christian. Welcome back to TechPoint. Today, our guest is Jeff, the Chief Go-To-Market Officer at GetRev. Hello. Hi, Christian. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, please tell us uh, what your company does. Awesome. Yeah, so I'm with uh, GetRev.ai. Uh, we are a uh, AI-backed technology that focuses on helping companies in, in the B2B space identify you know, what we call lookalikes. Right? So there's always a need for companies to find their next best customer, the question is how? And what we've built here at Rev is the ability to, to create a very sophisticated model, which means looking at lots of different patterns to identify and say, hey, your best customers look like X, Y, and Z. Let's go find a lot more companies out there that look and have X, Y, and Z, right? So kind of that's a simple way to think about what we do here at, at GetRev. And uh, what is the biggest problem that uh, GetRev solves? Yeah, it's it's really this this gap, uh, Christian, between high quality prospects where companies usually find that through a lot of these days it's through intent, right? So you can imagine uh, you're a company and the best prospects that you can possibly have are the ones that are always visiting your website. Right, they're they're attending your webinars. They're signing up for a free trial. They're interacting with you. Those are your best prospects, right? Because they already know about you. They already have interest in you. Uh, they want to learn more about you, and and typically they're ready to buy from you. That's great. What happens when you run out of those types of companies? And then what you do is you settle and you just go and say, okay, well. I don't have any more of the good stuff. So now I'm just going to kind of hunt through the bad stuff, right? So they, they go and they use data tools and say, hey, I'm looking for a company that's 100 people that's in healthcare um, or make $10 million. But guess what? There's like millions of those types of companies. So you go from one place where you know really well that these are prospects that want to buy from you to a place where I have no idea if any of these 10 million companies are interested in what I do. So what we're trying to do is really solve that gap, which is don't go from really good to really bad, go from really good to identifying ones that are maybe not the really good, but should be because they look very much like the really good uh, prospects. So that's kind of the, the, the problem there. That's a great vision. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. What are the top three features? The top three features is, is first of all, it's, it's the lookalike uh, engine or what we call a lookalike engine. Mm -hmm. So it's this ability to say, so what you do is you feed in a seed list, right? Which is a list of companies. And what the lookalike engine okay. does is it analyzes that seed list and it looks at all these factors and say, okay, of these you know, 50 companies that you just shared with me, I'm able to find the common characteristics, right? And build a model. And then using that same model, yeah. I go out and find lookalike companies, right? Based on, on what, I can, what I can see. So that's, that's one kind of big technology uh, innovation. Uh, the other thing is what's fueling this lookalike engine. So what we had to do, Christian, was build an entirely new data set that we call exographics, right? So okay. exographics, the way to think about it, Christian, is understanding the behavior of a company how do you do that right so in in consumer 
you can do that. And there's a whole data set called psychographics, right? So be before okay. psychographics, you yeah. had demographics, right? You had age, you had gender, <laughs> you had, you know, you knew where someone lived, you knew maybe some of their hobbies, but that's kind of all you had, right? And then companies like Facebook and Google came along and basically tracked everything you did digitally, right? Which website did you visit? Which which company, you know, what, what do you buy, right? How often are you on the internet? What news are you reading, right? So, so these companies like Facebook and Google developed a whole data set called psychographics that then understood your behavior. So that made the consumer world a lot better when it comes to audience segmentation, right? The B2B world, Christian, doesn't have that yet. And we think exographics yeah. solves that problem, right? Which is... You have companies right now that leave what we call breadcrumbs on the internet. Mm -hmm. They have their website, they have their press releases, they have news about them. That's very interesting. Then you have all the, the people that work for them. They all have LinkedIn profiles. That's very interesting. And then you have job posting data. Companies are hiring, they're firing, right? They're adding to their teams. They're uh, making reductions to their team. That's interesting. So our whole job here is to take all those breadcrumbs about the company, about the people that work there, about different things that they're doing, and use that information to develop this new set of, of data that we call exographics so that we can understand how a company behaves, similar to what they did in, in uh, kind of B2C commerce, right? We're trying to do the same thing for B2B. Wow, <laughs> mind-blowing, but you explained it great. <laughs> it's amazing, yeah, thank it's amazing. You. That's awesome. And what is the pricing for uh, GitRev? Yeah, pricing is, it kind of varies depending on how many profiles you want to build. Um, so we, we have kind of call it startup package where the company really has kind of one core market that they're going after, right? And and typically the, the range there is about 20,000 to get started with us. And then there's companies that, you know, have lots more profiles, they have lots more market segments. So the pricing kind of goes up depending on how many profiles you, you want to create and store uh, within our platform. One profile is uh, one company profile, like right? One uh, lookalike. Uh, it's one lookalike profile, yeah. And it typically maps to yeah. like a, a segment of the market, right? So if you sell to healthcare, mm. that's that's one profile. If you sell to healthcare and oh, okay, finance, okay. then those are two separate profiles that you want to create. Because typically companies look different depending on their kind of which profile they're in. Right. So, mm -hmm. so that's kind of how to think yeah. about it. Okay. Do you have any integrations with other platforms? Yes, we do. We do connect to make it easy to, to connect with a, a company CRM uh, system. So, you know, so we, we connect with, with Salesforce. So one can, you know, take our information and push it into, into uh, Salesforce. We connect with HubSpot. Mm -hmm. uh, we also have connections with uh, like outreach, right, to to kind of push information that way, uh, as well as like Zoom info, right. If you want to kind of do contact research within our platform as well, so it adds on. Like as as we get more customers, they, yeah, they yeah. want us to do do mm -hmm. more integration. So uh, we'll we'll kind of continue to add on. Awesome. And um, can you tell us some use cases of the product? Yeah. There, so use cases often revolve around the need to find kind of your next best target, 
right? So I'll kind of go through mm -hmm. two different examples of, of use cases. So one use case is, let's say on the, on the sales side, right? What you're oftentimes what sales teams are, are always looking for is high quality fit uh, accounts, right? Because you have sales reps and you want to make sure that they're spending time on the right kinds of accounts. So one of the use cases is around helping sales teams identify what we call net new uh, targeting accounts. And how that works mm -hmm. is they provide us with a, a set of who they think are their best customers, right? Maybe 20, like who signed with you in the last year. And then what we're able to do is then use that information to build target account lists that now their sales reps will start to reach out to right and, and start engaging with and, and such which is a lot better than having your sales rep individually go out and find their own targets right because what typically happens christian is when you tell your sales rep to go and find targets they typically just go after companies that they're familiar with companies that they've worked with in the past or they'll just write down companies that are names that they recognize Right. And oftentimes yeah. what happens is those are probably not necessarily the best companies to target. Right. So that's that's one use case example. Uh, marketing uses us for helping them find kind of the next best what we call intent lookalikes. Right. So mm -hmm. marketing departments really love intent data as they should. Right. Because intent data, like I mentioned earlier, tell you who's visiting your site. Right. Who's spending time with you. Oftentimes they run out and then they need to create more awareness. So who should they target with their awareness campaigns, with their advertising? Um, Same idea, yeah. right? Put in yeah. who shows the highest intent and we can tell you other companies that look like them so that you're spending your advertising dollars on companies that at least resemble your high intent people versus just any other company out there, right? So. So in both use, case, use cases, Christian, you can imagine, it's really about helping them fine tune how they build their audience so that they're spending time with the right people. That's awesome. <laughs> and uh, yeah. can you tell us some happy customers, some uh, stories of happy customers? Yeah, you know, we, we've been in, in, in kind of our business for over eight years now, right? So wow. we have a lot of repeat customers that, that come back and and actually leverage a lot of our services. You know, some of the newer customers include, you know, I can't mention uh, their names because we don't have the, have the right to, but, you know, yeah. comp a company like, for example, Splunk, right, who's actually, you know, uh, has a great quote with us. They've been a customer for many years. And what they've told us is that through our help, they can trust that they can grow their pipeline. Uh, I think what they said, like 15%, of their pipeline can be attributed to what we've done here at, at Rev, right? So for a company that's as big as Splunk, 15% of their pipeline is uh, is a large number, right? So, uh, you know, so we've heard so those stories. Yeah, I mean, we've had like sales leaders tell us that, you know, the, the amount of time it took for them to replicate the work that we do here for them, you know, it, it might've taken them three, four weeks, and we're able to do it in three, four days, right? So it's kind of one of those That's... types of things where, like, they can try to do what we do, we just do it so much faster, and then also the results are, are so much better.
right? When uh, when they engage with with our particular platform, it makes total sense. Yeah. And do you have any yeah. competitors? Yeah, a lot of you know a lot of competition comes about with people trying to use uh, existing data sources to find companies, mm. right? So you know yeah. there's so many of them out there, right? You know, there's lots of data sources that have company data. And I think what, what you realize is the ability for you to apply certain kinds of filters is, is very limited, right? Again, you can do headcount, you can do revenue, you can do vertical industry, you know, you can do funding and all that kind of stuff. All of those are, I think, important, but how do you get deeper? How do you understand the behaviors of a company that kind of data set doesn't exist out there in, in, in what was available, right? So it's, it's kind of like a substitute for what we do, but I think what we're trying to do here is, is much more depth than, uh, than what has been available in the marketplace when it comes to these kinds of company data sources. Mm, totally get it, yeah. And uh, you mentioned that uh, the company was started eight years ago. Maybe you can tell us the, <laughs> the full story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. You know, when, when REF started, it, it started helping companies on the demand generation side, right? So mm -hmm. you can imagine every B2B company wants to generate demand. And there's lots of different ways to generate demand. One of the popular ways is to uh, essentially buy what we call MQLs, right? Marketing qualified leads. So companies would, would come to us and say, hey, for this quarter, I need 500 MQLs. Right. And we say, sure. Right. We, we have services and, and uh, preferred partners that's able to run those campaigns and to provide you with with those 500 MQLs. But the first question we would always ask, Christian, is, well, where do you want those MQLs to come from? Which companies? Right. And there, there's kind of different answers. Some companies would already have uh, an ABM list. Right? They're like, well, we've already identified the list of companies that we, we want to, uh, to market to. We're like, sure, that's great. Some companies don't have a list at all, right? And they're like, well, we're not sure. This is why, you know, maybe you can help us develop a list. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So the difference that we kind of made with, with, our, with our services compared to, to other MQL vendors, right? Because there's lots of them. You can go out and you can... You can buy MQLs from, from lots of different providers, right? Some are much cheaper. Some are very expensive. It just depends, right? For us, where we really shine and, and why our customers keep coming back to us, Christian, is we just didn't accept the list and said, okay, we'll just use this list. We, we wanted to go further and ask, well, why are these companies on this list? What makes them a good match for your business? And it's surprising, Christian, that a lot of the times there really wasn't a good answer, right? The answers would be, well, these companies are already in our CRM. Well, okay, well, how mm -hmm. did they get there in the first place and why? Well, I don't really know, <laughs> right? Or the answer was, well, you know, we paid another company to, to build this list for us, right? And then we would say, well, what criteria did they use? Like, why did this company belong on this list versus another one? And, and oftentimes the answer was, well, you know, they just looked at similar companies that, you know, had the same number of employees or they were in the same vertical or industry, right? So it kind of came back to like, 
usually MQLs fail because that list was not very good to start with, right? So you're, you're getting marketing qualified leads, but they come from companies that really have no business doing business with you, right? They were just a company on a list. So where we were successful was we took that list and we said, no, the first thing we should do before running a campaign is to actually prioritize this list and to make sure that if we're going to generate MQLs for you, it should be from companies that are important to you, companies that are a fit for you, companies that ultimately have a reason to business with you. So our MQLs ultimately ended up being much higher quality because of that extra step that we put in and we built a whole kind of very comfortable business that way, a, a good kind of MQL business. And then we realized about you know two years ago, this, this whole kind of process and technology that we built to help companies prioritize their targeting, it can be used outside of just generating marketing qualified leads. Like sales teams could use it, marketing teams could use it, um, you know, lots of kind of different departments could use it. So then we built a whole software now where companies can interact with our, our technology directly instead of going through our, our services, right? Uh, just for MQL. So that's kind of where the company kind of expanded from there. That's super smart. Well, <laughs> I really like your thinking <laughs> and how you uh, ask the questions, yeah. the, the hard questions, because that's yeah. how you, you start. Yeah. Awesome. How, how big is the, is the team right now? Yeah, the, the team is about, I believe it, it fluctuates, but I think we're about uh, like 50 people, if I'm not mistaken. Right. A lot of the team is built around our engineering and our, our data science. Right. Those are the two biggest, mm -hmm. I would say, departments within our company. Rightfully so. Right. We're a technology company and, uh, you know, it takes yeah. <laughs> smart people to build a, a build a technology and software company. So uh, so that's where uh, most of the people are. What do you actually do in, uh, in your day to day job as the chief uh, go to market officer? Because it's a role that uh, you don't see that often. So. <laughs> Please yeah tell us what, what it yeah. means <laughs> yeah so the, so i mean this so go to market i think is um a function that more companies are paying attention to right before it was like a shared responsibility between you know the ceo your cmo your cro um and i think for me why this particular position was was put in place was we're, we're seeing this discipline starting to grow across lots of different companies, which is really understanding your go-to-market motions, like understanding how marketing fits in with sales, how sales fits in with customer success, and, and this kind of entire customer journey, right? So, so part of my responsibility um, in, in my role as the chief go-to-market officer is, is really similar to what revenue operations does now, right? Which is, let's look at the entire customer journey and then let's look at all the ways that we interact at the very beginning when they first hear about our company all the way to when they become a happy customer all those interactions all the different friction points how do we measure our success our effectiveness our efficiency so every day what i do is i i, I look at data and i look at how we perform at different parts of the customer journey you know, some days I focus on 
the mid funnel. Some days I focus on the top of funnel. Yeah. Some days I focus on, you know, the customer success side of things. It just depends. But I think my job is to make sure we're, mm -hmm. we're kind of constantly in rhythm, right, with each other. That like, we're not getting too far ahead on pre-sales where our customer success is, is struggling or vice versa, right? Maybe, you know, we're, we have too many customers and we've got to figure out how to fix you know, onboarding or something like that. So it's just really making sure that the entire journey is is successful is really what I pay attention to on an everyday basis. Thank you for explaining this. And what do you think is yeah. the the number one mistake that uh, companies make in the in the whole journey? I don't know if there's a number one mistake. I think every company typically excels very well in like one or two departments. And typically okay. Okay. then another department would suffer, right? So really the, the role that I have and, you know, similar to, to revenue operations and such is to now have a holistic view and say, for us to be successful as a company, all of our kind of every part of our customer journey needs to be uh, measured, needs to be accountable, needs to be aligned, right? So. I think for me, a lot of what I think about every day is to really reduce the friction across the different departments. Whereas before, mm. departments would, would work independently, right? Like sales would do its thing, marketing would do its thing, customer success would do its thing. And then maybe once a month or once a quarter, you know, there'd be like an offsite and then everybody would tell you about all the problems that they're having, right? And then by that time, you know, a lot of time is wasted. A lot of effort is wasted. Like I think in my role, we want to identify the friction points much sooner, right? So that we don't have, we don't have to wait a month or a quarter to figure it out. We can figure it out much faster and, and, and ensure that the experience continues to, to be kind of done well. Absolutely. When did you join uh, the company? I joined the company, um, officially. I joined them uh, over a little bit over a year ago. Uh, before that, I was just helping as a, more of an advisor uh, in the advisory role. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I saw mm -hmm. what the company was doing and it got, me really, it got me really excited about this problem that we're solving, right? That I saw, I used to be in B2C in e-commerce. I saw the mm -hmm. same problem in the consumer side and I see you know, Rev here solving kind of that same problem now on the B2B side. So, uh, so it got me really excited to think that like, oh, this is a, you know, this is something that companies are, are going to need, right? So, so that's exciting. Yeah. What has been your biggest challenge since uh, joining the company? Uh, I mean, it's the part of the biggest challenge is I think like every company right now, navigating the, the current uh, economy and, and the economic headwinds, right? You know, as like every software company right now, budgets are tight, right? Budgets are frozen and lots of companies aren't looking to buy more software, right? I think we went through a whole decade, Christian, where companies bought a lot of software, right? And their tech stack grew really big and probably you know overbought to be honest right and i think nowadays yeah. really the mentality is okay how do we not necessarily downsize but how do we be more efficient with everything we currently have 
and not looking to buy more or, or add new, right? So, so that's challenging, right? I mean, we're a software company. We're, we're looking for customers, right? Like every other software company, right? So how do we help our potential customers understand that this is important, this is valuable. This is actually the right kind of software you want in this current economy, right? Is you want to be more efficient. You want to do more with less. Rev is the right kind of software, but it's, it's hard, right? People are still very nervous about, you know, making sure that they have enough cash in the bank to, to pay their employees, right? Three months from now because of the economy. So, uh, yeah. yeah, so we're not alone. <laughs> That's a fantastic answer. I love it. And yeah. in terms of growth, what has been your uh, most successful uh, strategy? Oh, it's, it's, it's back to what, you know, we're all about here at Rev is, focusing on the right quality fit accounts, right? Like that's, that's really been kind of our bread and butter as they say, right? Is the more the account looks and appreciates what we do, the better off that we are. So I think when I first started, we have a measurement here at, at uh, get rev here, Christian, which is what we call aim, right? It's an AIM mm -hmm. and it, it measures Essentially what it does is it, it tells us of all the opportunities in our pipeline, how many of them match the characteristics of companies that we know are really important, right? So, so we, we take a measurement and we take the same measurement with uh, our customers as well. So when I first started and I, and I looked and I took this measurement, we were at 8%. Right. Crazy. Okay. 8% Christian. So what that means is that 92% of companies in our pipeline didn't match any of the characteristics that we all said were important. Right. So we were well, doomed, we were doomed for failure. Right. I mean, if you can think about it, yeah. one out of 10 conversations were meaningless because the companies didn't have the right ingredients. Right. And then now you fast forward, I've, I've been here, like I said, two years and, and we, we take this aim measurement every quarter. Now we're at 33% match, right? So we're, we're four times better than what we were. Right. And we're, we're, we still want to get better. Right. But at least what we're saying now is there's more companies in our pipeline that match the characteristics that we know are really important to close that deal. Right. And to, to me, like that's, that's the problem we're solving, but it's also a big challenge. Right. Cause again, there's lots of old habits. There's lots of like, people are just used to like, well, you know, let me just reach out to, you know, any company in this vertical and, you know, see if they can get interest. Instead, what we're saying is spend more time on the right kinds of accounts. Right. And our customers actually follow the same journey. Right. So we take the same aim measurement. And surprisingly, everyone kind of looks like us. Like we just measured one for another company. They were at 10%. We had a company that was at 20%, right? And then, you know, obviously quarter over quarter, what we hope is that that measurement gets better, right? They go from 20%, 30%, to 40%, hopefully 50%, right? And what that means is that the conversations that you're having, the, the companies that are in your pipeline, Christian, are more likely to buy because they're a better fit right for for what you do in the first place right so that's really again 
we face the same challenge and we're helping companies hopefully overcome that, that challenge as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. What are the marketing yeah. trends that uh, you see in the near future? Yeah, well, the marketing trends, like AI is, is a buzz, right? Um, there's lots of conversations around artificial intelligence. You've probably read all over the news about chat GBT and, you know, how companies are going to use that to solve every single problem, right? Uh, that their company <laughs> faces, right? So it's, it's fun. Yeah. I, I think there's, there's, there's lots of good ideas that are coming out of it. Um, I think the economy is going to drive all the trends, right? And right now the theme in our economy, Christian, is we just got to do more with, with less, got to do more of what we have. So everyone's going to still have this mentality of, of efficiency. And so now the question is how can technology support being more efficient, right? So how does, and then a lot of obviously is AI, right? If, if AI could be plugged in, in the right places, then I think everyone believes that AI could not solve every problem, but could help solve maybe some of the more manual problems, some of the more time consuming problems. If, if you can put the right AI against it, um, hopefully that's the result, right? So I think that's where lots of companies are investing in, in AI technologies to able to be more efficient. What is your vision for the future with GetRev? <laughs> with GetRev? You know, I think what it is, is it's going to help companies be smarter with their, their time and with their budget, right? It's, it's the same thing I saw when, when I was in e-commerce, right? Before this whole idea of psychographics came, right? Before like Facebook and Google, it was hard to target customers like very uh, precisely, right? All I, all I did was, well, I, I want a male or female. I want someone in their 30 to 40. I want someone whose household income was over $100,000. You have to really cast a wide net in order to kind of reach the right people. And I knew in the back of my mind, Christian, that I was probably spending money on advertising to people that really didn't care about my product. But I couldn't differentiate, right? And I think the same thing yeah, was ha yeah. has been happening in B2B, where I think lots of companies are using these tools like outreach and, and these other kinds of tools, but has turned them into like ways to, to do more spam, unfortunately, right? It's it's they, they're using these tools to cast a wide net because they just didn't have a, a way to be more precise with, with their audience segmentation. And I think the vision for Rev is we continue to get better and better at understanding how companies behave and continue to improve this data set. So, you know, I always joke with my team, I want to set the world record for the least number of emails to hit our quota, right? So, you know, that's kind of one of the visions I have is like, if we need 10 meetings, I only want to send 12 emails to get to those 10 meetings. Is that possible? But right now to get 10 meetings, you probably have to send like 10,000 emails, right? It's, it's a crazy ratio. And, and, you know, obviously, can we do that? I don't know. But I think that's, 
that's hopefully the dream, right? Is that companies don't have to do as much, but still get to the right quality numbers uh, at the end of the day. Absolutely. And you already mentioned yeah. some uh, some things for your, from your past, but I was uh, mm-hmm. curious to know your whole story. So how you started your career? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I was a I was an engineer, a chemical engineer, actually, uh, from okay. uh, from college. And then uh, I started off my career completely away from software. I, I actually worked in the oil field, uh, helping mm-hmm. with, uh, with exploration. And then uh, did that for a few years. Uh, I went to the Peace Corps. Uh, I was a, a, a volunteer math teacher for a few years. And then when I first came back, I, I moved back to the Bay Area, which is where I grew up. And uh, that was my first startup, right? So uh, I started my first, I would say my tech career in, in customer success uh, started on that side and then moved into sales operations. Uh, at another startup company. So I learned how to kind of focus on numbers and, and efficiencies and, and all that kind of stuff. And then, uh, and then I happened to move into uh, e-commerce, uh, which is like a interesting departure from, from B2B software, but that was a good experience. And uh, I learned a lot yeah. about how to, you know, I learned a lot about customer acquisition, right? That was kind of one of the biggest lessons. And I'm seeing the same thing on, on B2B now, right? Which, you know, in, in B2B software, a lot of it now is really understanding what is your cost of acquisition, right? How much does it truly cost to acquire a customer? Where that hasn't been the focus for a long time, right? It was just like, well, we, we do a bunch of things and we generate a customer. But now I think B2B companies really need to pay attention to the actual cost uh, of, of acquiring a customer and, and lifetime value. So all the lessons learned from B2C, I think, are now happening in, in B2B for me, which is uh, it's kind of watching history repeat itself, right? Which, uh, is, which is really funny, but, uh, but it's fun. So, it's good to see that. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's good for you because you already experienced it. Yeah. yeah. Do you see yourself more of a marketer, salesperson, engineer, founder, How do you see yourself? <laughs> um, you know, I, I see myself more as, as like a, an operator, right? Um, what, what I love is looking at data and understanding the story, right? What, what, is, what story is mm-hmm. this data telling me and how do I use this information to help educate the people around me, right? To, uh, to either fix problems, to get better, whatever the case may be. Uh, I, I, I love to teach. I, I always joke that if I wasn't uh, in my current career, I'd, I'd be a middle school math teacher uh, because uh, I love to teach and I love to, sh- to share information. Um, so, so that's kind of the role I, I see myself is uh, kind of on the operator side of things. And what's one piece of advice that you tell to somebody that wants to, to become that or a chief go to market officer or somebody in, uh, in your position? Yeah. You know, for, for me, it's, it's, you know, have that curiosity, right? You know, start, it starts there, right? Like try and understand as much as you can and, and don't accept a situation where you're unsure of the answer, right? Like keep going, keep digging, keep trying, keep asking questions, right? 
And I think as you get further along in your career, what you're going to realize is that those questions are really important, right? And most of the time, people are afraid to ask that question because they're afraid of the answer. But I think if, if you want to be successful, like in, in, in my role or in revenue operations or anything like that, similar, I think people are looking for someone who's not afraid to point out, hey, we're making a mistake here. That's okay, right? But here's also how we, we can fix the problem. Right. So it's, it's just being a problem solver and having that curiosity, I think, uh, is, is really valuable. Yeah. Uh, for me personally, curiosity is the best uh, trait a person could have. So I totally agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> I have one last question Good. for you. What's your, uh -huh. w w what's your favorite software apart from Ketrev? My favorite software. Um, I, I gosh, I have a lot, you know, one, one of the, The piece a software I really love right now is, is Gong, um, right? Which is mm -hmm. a, a, a recording software, and the reason why I love it is I think it goes back to to me loving teaching. Like it's before when when you know I was training salespeople, I would have to tell them my feedback, right? I would have to explain to them what I heard. And, you know, sometimes they believed me, sometimes they didn't, right? Now, with Gong, <laughs> yeah. it's incredible, right? You can be like, hey, let's, let's sit down and listen to this together, right? And, you know, I, and I love doing that with my team. And then Gong allows me or allows us to have them listen to themselves and to do their own self-critique, which I think is really important in... In, in our world, right? Because people believe what they see in front of them. People believe. So it's not just me telling you like, hey, you know, I think improvement is needed. They can hear for themselves, right? And I think yeah. it's really transformed yeah. how, you know, we do training and sales development and all that kind of stuff. I think it's a, it was a great innovation uh, in, in that particular space. I, I think that's great. I mean, I love Gong, I love outreach. I think outreach is a, to, To, the ability to orchestrate your activity, I think, is, is really interesting, right? Because I had to do it old school. I had to have a calendar and I had to mark which day I'm supposed to call, which day I'm supposed to email. And then now Outreach fixes all of that, right? Of course, like I mentioned earlier, I think Outreach is, has been abused, right? Uh, you know, instead of a, an orchestration tool, I think now it's being used as like a, a cannon to... Uh, you know, to do outreach, which, uh, you know, it's, uh, another, another conversation, uh, to be had. Yeah. Is there anything else that, uh, you want to tell us today on the podcast? No, I, I hope that, uh, it was, uh, interesting content and such. If you love to learn more about what we do at, at getrev.ai and, you know, if you even want to help us take a measurement for you, uh, we're happy to do that. Right. Um, <laughs> I think it's always surprising when people think they uh, they know their customers, and then when we actually go through these steps and, and take this measurement, it's uh, it's always shocking, um, kind of how low the percentage is. So uh, so we're helping a lot of customers kind of assess um, how well they match. So uh, so we're happy to do that for you, and uh, you know always excited to uh, to be helping the community uh, in this space. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, I'm I'm really grateful. Thank you. You did great. Okay. Thanks, Christian. <laughs>